whatever right, happened to stick to the, the song, Let's get the right? intro going. All right, anyway, <laughs> let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Burn Down Podcast. We have a female, our very first female cigar brand owner, Wanda Hernandez, CEO of Sticks and Stone Cigars in the studio. What's going on, Wanda? Hi, how are you guys? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I know it was quite the trek to get out here. It really was. And like I said, I'm going to repeat it again. This is the very first time that I have traveled so far to come see any man yeah. especially two you heard it here first <laughs> just you to heard talk here, okay? baby just to talk just, just to, to talk, talk nonetheless i love okay. it that's a lot of dedication it means a lot to us so we appreciate you. you coming all the way out here from where brooklyn right no from manhattan harlow oh, your publicist from manhattan? i came from manhattan guys so man- yeah. oh my god it is definitely a pleasure to be here with i gotta be honest guys. with you i don't know if i would have made the same trip so Carol over here went from that. Brooklyn to Manhattan. That's a trip, man. Here. Manhattan. That's Damn. called dedication. That is dedication. Well, we appreciate yes. that. That is that. Thank so they, you. Carol went from Brooklyn to Manhattan to Long Island. Wow, what that's, a trip! That's why she is my publicist and the best publicist any girl can have. That's a little round wow. of applause for that yeah. dedication, right that's, there. That's that's right. incredible. That's a trip. I thought baby. for I thought at first it was but Manhattan like. And you guys yeah. left it. And Brooklyn's you, technically Long Island still. It's still connected on Long Island. But when you go to Manhattan, you know, there's a there's a gap in between. Listen, then, like I said, dedication. dedication. Love it. I love it. So we need to, um, we are a cigar podcast. You know, it's yes. one of the things that we do here. Not only a cigar podcast, we have conversations, okay, but we base around cigars. So we need to smoke a cigar. So Absolutely. what have you, uh, what have you brought here? So this is just a box of, um, of the variety that we do have. So we have the oh, yeah. um, Toro, which is the 52 by 6, and Ajo Robusto, which is a 52 by 5. Now it's the same blend, just different sizes. And I want to show you guys, this is La Esia de Amor. And this is our Passion Series. This is our Double Wrap, our Medium Body. Mm. And then we have the Mi Gente, which is my people. And this it's is a good the, song, by the way. There you go. <laughs> oh, like a man who knows his Latin music. It's a good song, by the way. <laughs> and this is our full body. Um, and, you know, this is the Mi Gente Series. So you're going to have... Uh, um, it's full of richness. It's, you know... When people speak about earthy, they think, you know, leathery. They think, you know, more of the um, more harshness of, you know, earth notes. It's not harsh, not by a long shot. It's not harsh. It's very smooth. Um, you're getting, you know, coffee, you, the cocoa. You're getting, um, you're definitely tasting the soil and what's grown within that region. Mm. So it's very rich. It's smooth. You do receive some nice spice in the medium. It has complexity throughout the third. Um, and, you know, we know that double wraps, you know, not they're not always complex. Sure. You know, so um, it's they're, they're really nice smokes. And this means the essence of love. 
So, okay, what's what's this love. one called again? La Esia de Amor, the essence of love. And this was made for the love of the culture. And that's the thought that went behind um, La Esia de Amor is um, a tribute to the love of the culture, to the scar culture. And this is a tribute to the people, the mm. people who, you know, um, make up the cigar culture, you know, our people. And, you know, we are an mm. all-inclusive friend. So... If you are a cigar enthusiast or one that isn't interested in cigar smoking, that's what we stand for. Mm. You know. Now, well, where, where are these? Message. Where are these made? So these are handcrafted, hand wrote in Santiago, Dominican Republic. Beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. We're uh, right outside of where we are. Yes, yeah. we're neighbors. We're neighbors down we're in, neighbors. The, in the DR. Yes. And a uh, quick plug: you did win a box of blueprints last week she at our did. event. The we grand prize did. winner. We got to talk yes. about that. Walking in with all the confidence in the world. Oh, like, yes. that that was almost. <laughs> you know how many people screamed out "rigged" when yeah. that happened. So people wow. that don't know, we had an event at Long Island Cigar about a week ago. Hey, turn okay. my mic up. Turn my mic up a little bit, will you, please? Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I, I I talk like right into the mic, so mine's always loud. But you just talk a lot in general. Um, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it's so okay. we had an event, Long Island Cigar, and Wanda and Karen came in, mm-hmm. and right off the bat, they're like, "What are we giving away?" And I said, "We're giving away a box of blueprints." As the I don't care what it is, I'm okay. gonna be the winner. I was and like, she goes, "I don't yes. care what it is, I'm gonna be the winner. I'm gonna be the winner. I'm gonna be." The winner. And the whole time, she goes, "I'm gonna be the winner. I'm gonna be the winner." So we come up to the fight. Now, Eric's picking out all the raffles, picking out all the raffles. And it finally comes to the grand prize. And Karen says, I want to pick it out. And I said, you know what? We'll, we'll have a lady pick the grand yes. prize. Yes. You know, make it a little, you know, a little showmanship, yes. you know. And Karen walks up. Karen walks <laughs> up. She picks the, well, how many tickets? Do you have one as ticket? As beautiful as she looked. Yes, I had. No, actually, actually, I had two tickets. Because I was given an extra ticket. Oh. So I Wait, said, were they both blue tickets? They were both blue tickets. Because that was another thing, too. Everybody kept picking red. Blue, baby. <laughs> and, she, and, she picked, and she got the blue one. So and she picked sure it, it was I a- couldn't believe it. I was like, Karen, come pick it out. We picked it out of the blueprint box. And she picks it. And I was like, motherfucker, it's Wanda. She really fucking called unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Right. The power of manifestation. Love so that. she got a box of ours. And now she brought a box of hers to us. So, you know, that's so the important true. question is, which one are we smoking tonight? Yeah. So you, I want you guys, what do you normally like to smoke? Oh, that's so there's any, everything. <laughs> we smoke so then, everything. Have you seen the Let's see. Let me ask you this. What's <laughs> yes, your, which have. one's your most popular? Our most popular happens to be the um, double wrap. Okay. okay. And I say that's the most popular because I feel like it's the most versatile. So okay. because given its complexity and it has the spice and it's also very smooth and it has it's creamy, it appeals to both, you know, um, novice smokers as well as more um, veteran smokers gotcha. as well. And if you know you're a Madudo fan, you have best of both worlds. It's a double wrap. Yeah. I mean, how well, could I you mean, go wrong? You know, there's three of them right here. One, two, and three. Absolutely. So I'm so just saying, you know. It's all in preference. But Karen's got to smoke, guys. too. You, would you like... To, Karen's over here. Would you like to smoke as well? Okay. Yes. So which one does she like? She likes the double wrap. Okay. So now... I know you're a Toro guy. And I am. she is a more of a novice smoker as okay. well. Yeah. So that's that goes to show. And, you know, I've been smoking for 13 years. And I'm um, predominantly a Madudo. Mm. You know. Um, so are you going to be smoking the... I'm actually going to smoke. Oh, I'm actually going to because I, I am still getting over my laryngitis. I'm going to go with the Robusto, but I'm going to go with 
the omelette um, de amor today. I think I want to try the mi gente. I like, do I, I, I like the, the name. People, I like yeah. the name. You know what? I, you, do you want to do the two rebus? It's for the people, you know? Let's do do, yeah, let's do it. Right, it's for cool. the people. We're going to do the two rebus. If you don't mind, I know. Just, no. Like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take it. She just did a whole spiel about the Can't double wrap and this and that. Yeah, we'll do the other one. And then you two are going to do the. Go for it. Okay, so we got to. Go for it. The mi gente. And Plus, now, and all your posts. That's what you say every single time uh, you, know, you post something. All la mi gente. Okay, so we have a straight cut, V cut, punch cut. Which would you like? A V, please. Straight for camera over there. V awesome. for you. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, all right, so now we got... Ooh, I like it. So now Thank you. we have to go into the into the blends a little bit. Can you go disclose ahead. some of the blends? Or I can disclose disclose some of the blends. Excuse okay. me. So you have the San Andreas wrapper. That's and what you I like. have. Lighter? There you go. That's that's. Uh, I mean, everybody knows it at this point, you... but that's the same wrapper that we use. Actually, is it a Mexican San Andreas? It is a Mexican San Andreas, and I'm aware. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do my homework. <laughs> you know what's funny is we're gonna come out. It's gonna be the same exact blend. It's like oh, it's the same cigar. So um. I'll give you the general description of what the blend is. Um, I do have my little secret sauce that I keep close to the vest. Okay, of course. Um, but, you know, if you pick up the note and you hit it, I have no problems. Um, I don't have any problem, oh, you know, well, telling you that you're correct. Now it's a test. So we have the um, San Andrea wrapper from Mexico. We have the Criollo 98, the Leguero. And we have the Capote um, binder from Cuba. Wow. Okay. So there's a Cuban binder. There is a Cuban binder. Oh, that's Cubano, I don't, I, baby. I, I, I can honestly say I don't know if I've had a cigar with that type of blend, that unique blend where usually if you have Cuban cigars, it's Cuban Puro. Yes. But having a cigar that I've had Cuban seed cigars, right? Cuban seeds grown in Dominican, mm-hmm. grown in Nicaragua, whatever. But to have one that's got a Mexican San Andreas wrapper with a Cuban yeah. binder. Cut. You want a punch cut, straight cut, or a V cut? V cut. Oh, oh thank you. Um, so that's very, very unique. Well, you know, the whole idea was to come up with something that was new, unique using, um, for me, the analogy that I always use is, you know, I love to eat. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a good cook, but I Amen, necessarily girl. don't Amen. like, oh. <laughs> I necessarily don't like to cook, I love but however, the analogy I always use is when you're putting together a recipe in the kitchen. You know, you kind of put a little bit of this and that and you, you know, it's trial and error to see what complements each other. And for the um, what you're looking for, what um, for us as smokers, we understand our palates and what we like, you know. So my focus was um, getting putting together um, a blend and ingredients which was going to complement my palate. Um, as I said, I'm a 13-year um, veteran smoker, and I know what I was looking for. So I wanted to be a little bit outside of the box as far as, you know, the blends that I was using, but without going off the rails. Sure. You know, um, you still want to be able to um, maintain the integrity of your tobacco, your the structure of your cigar, the foundation of, you know, um, the way that cigars are, you know, constructed and placed together. But also, you know, pushing boundaries, you know, so you got to take some risk in life. Absolutely. So you've, been, so you've been smoking cigars for 13 years now? I have. Do you remember what your first cigar was? An Arturo Fuentes Reserve. Wow. <laughs> right off the <laughs> bat. You know, she watched, she has to watch the show because yeah. she knew 
Right exactly. off the bat. Exactly, that question was coming. Oh, my God. Bam. Help me out yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I think she answered that question before I even finished it. You know, you know what? Because she probably been asked it. You know what? She's Not like, only that, you can never... I mean, let's be honest. You know, I am such a fan of um, Mr. Fuentes. Not only for the products that he, he has inherited, mm. but also he continues to develop and make better. But also what he has continued to carry on and build and the individual that he is i've had the absolute um pleasure to have met him and have you know um simple conversation but conversation that was something that was you know um life-changing for me um so I admire him. I admire, you know, many people in this business and what they have done and, you know, um, the foundations that they have built. So us as, you know, we're, you know, as entrepreneurs and small boutique brands in our emphasis stages that we can kind of, you know, um, kind of take a page. What was the golden nugget that he gave you that you remember? The golden nugget that I can I recall is just the observation of who he is and how he treats people. Okay. So he inspired you to start your own brand? I wouldn't say he inspired me. What was my um what I received from him is that people matter in this business. Um you know, having a a background um my previous career, I've always had to deal with people in the community. So, you know, for me people come first and to see that someone puts that same type of ethic within the business it's just not about growing the business and um you know becoming successful it's also about the people you're doing it for who it's the culture is serving mm. and you see so many people who generally like him or love him or care about him and it's because he generally is a good person and he generally does treat people with kindness and respect so that is what I admire. That is the that is the nugget that I took from him. So it's a great thing that you bring up is, is it's not you're not just making Thank you. um you're not just making a product, right? You're you're making an experience for people. And when you put out a what we've called uh shout out to Jonathan Fiant on um Jay London Cigars. Jay London Cigars, he calls it consumable art. Is what he calls cigars. So when you create this artwork that's handmade and it's consumable by the people, you're creating experiences, and it's it's not just a product that is going to sit on the shelf. It's something that people are going to pick up, smoke. They're going to remember it. It might be smoking with a friend. It Correct. might be on the golf course. It might be a celebratory thing. It might be in the car. Whatever the case may be, you're you're, you're you're not just selling a product, you're selling an experience. Absolutely. And when you sell an experience, it becomes all about the people. And it's also, it's not just a thing that I'm going to put on the shelf and somebody's going to buy it. You're going to be doing events. You're going to be doing a lot of handshaking, a lot of smiling, a lot of talking to people. A lot of interaction. A lot of interaction. people and business. The conversations that Me you have day, over, over cigars is, it's incredible. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, this is one subculture which you... This is the only subculture that I've ever experienced where you can have so many different walks of life coming together on the one commonality. Mm. And um, I Hence think the podcast. Yes. <laughs> and it's and it's such a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, that is what I love about it the most. I've sat at tables with 
a rocket scientist, like legitly a a African American brother who is a rocket scientist for NASA. And you would never, I would have never thought it. Yeah. Um, and just the way he carried himself, so very humble. And, you know, I used to conduct um, cigar events um, for, for another small boutique um, cigar company. Um, and he used to attend and we got to, you know, know each other, just, you know, chop it up and talk. And he shared that. And it was just blind, um, mind blowing to me because I'm like, I'm okay to my right. It's I'm sitting with a social worker who works with children over here. I have a rocket scientist, maybe in the corner over there, someone who works in CVS. I mean, that's great. Yeah. And and we all love to smoke. That's, that's the beautiful thing about cigars. Yeah, absolutely. You walk, into any, you walk into any cigar lounge and you could be sitting next to, you know, the next Elon Musk. You could be sitting next to the guy who shines shoes for a living. You could be sitting next to somebody who works for NASA. And you're all going to sit there, you're all going to light up a cigar, and you're going to have a great conversation. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you believe in, what your creed is, does not matter. You sit down, you have a great great conversation all over a cigar. And Absolutely. on that, I want to say, to miente. There you go. To a little cheers. Amen. I've been, I've been waiting for a good moment to say that. <laughs> cheers. Karen, cheers. Thank you, cheers. Behind the scenes. Yes. Ah. Yeah, but like going back, we talk about it all the time. It doesn't. Well, ASMR. Oh, a little ASMR action. That's mm. it. Doesn't matter who you are. Like it, it's the really one of the only industries that I can think of that can put all different personalities, backgrounds into one room and be all there for one reason. And it's a cigar. What do you call it? It's the great equalizer. It's man. The great equalizer. Absolutely. And I don't want this, but sometimes I say political com- debates can be made in a cigar lounge because it's such an environment where. You're relaxed. It's yes. not hostile. Yes. You're kind of just ready to hang out and just conversate. Whether you have differences or not, you can talk out those differences in, in a in a very in a manner where it's not a lot of confrontation, not a lot of conflict. Right. It's kind of just right. mellowed out as we're talking right now. It could be I would Switzerland. Yeah, yeah there right. You go. It exactly. could be Switzerland. Exactly. It could be Switzerland. Great point. Great I, would, point. I would argue that the, the number of actual arguments heated arguments inside a cigar lounge has to be close to none whereas you go to a bar right for instance you go in a, you go into a bar and you sit down next to let's say you're all at the bar and some guy's having a drink and you sit down you want to have a drink let's say he's eating dinner and you say hey what's going on he's gonna look at you like why the hell are you talking <laughs> to me just let me eat dinner yeah. right Escalate it let's say you're in a bar and there's a bunch of people drinking somebody bumps in you whatever next thing you know it's a it's a freaking Fight breaks out, whole yeah. brawl. Go to a cigar lounge. You have a guy sitting right there. I sit down. Hey, what's going on? Full conversation. Yeah, and, and you're not going to see anybody screaming and yelling at each other. You're not going to see a brawl break out. None of that's going to. Even if you're on opposite sides of the fence, yeah, it's just going to be like, all right, you know, on to the next time. And I forgot, I forgot who told us once, but it, it it's a difference between me saying, hey. Wanda, let me go talk to you outside. I told you that. And, oh, you said that. Okay. <laughs> it was your partner. Yeah, it was him. Yeah. Give him credit. <laughs> we, it's, there's so much that's so said on this know, podcast. <laughs> you always forget. But there's a difference between me going to Wanda and saying, Wanda, let me talk to you outside. You'd be like, what the fuck? How you want to talk to me outside? That's right. fighting words in, yeah. in yeah. some places. 100%. <laughs> or as opposed to saying, Wanda, you want to come out, ha- outside and have a cigar with me? It's a way different tone. Yeah. And Absolutely. Same, same conversation. It, Absolutely. Because even if you wanted to just to, to talk, normally and just have a regular conversation you wanted to talk about the weather said hey you want to go outside and talk really quick 
No, the mentality changes. Yeah, absolutely. I think your, you know, your mentality changes. It's like crossing a threshold. You know, you're you're leaving the outside world and all its issues behind you mm-hmm. when you enter when you enter that space. And your, I call it my um, meditation session. Absolutely. So Preach. you know, it's Preach. it's you know, you're meditating when you smoke the same as if you sit in a quiet space and you breathe in. And you exhale. You know, it's no different. You astro, you astro glide out. It's no different when you inhale a wonderful cigar and you just let it out and it comes out your nose and you just, you feel all the notes and you just release all the stresses that you're feeling that Mm. day. It is a form of meditation. And I think that is what people, you know, who understand the culture and understand the, um, I'm going to say, um, lack of a better word. Um, it's sort of like medication, you know. I can see that. It's sort of, you know, it, it's it's kind of like you're um, a bit of medicine for whatever you, you know, may need healing for that a day. Natural medicine. It's your, a, uh, natural a natural medicine. You can say your uh, your medication for meditation. Mm-hmm. The, oh, there oh. you go. Wow. Put that on M&M, a T-shirt. Baby. Little M and M. Little M and M. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Uh, no, I I completely agree because one of the things that I've said before is that. Um, and this we got to put this as another one. Right, here's another saying. Here we go, baby. Um, I said that that when you're smoking a cigar, you turn cloudy thoughts into clouds of smoke. Yeah. Right. So you have you know clouds of clouds of thought into clouds of smoke. Right. You have a, this whole day that is just stressing you, and there's this you got to worry about, and that, and, and all these things, and your your brain is just going a mile a minute, and it's so foggy, and you can't really think clearly. But when you sit down and have a cigar, that slow breath. That relaxation mm. turns all of that cloudiness, and you blow out clouds of smoke, and it just Amen. clear and just clears your mind. Amen. But then on the yes. of clouds of smoke, I know I'm blowing Beautiful. a lot of Beautiful. slow. Look at that ash that's developing. And I will say this: Great. conversely, too, if you want to sit down and have a conversation just like this, that's what cigars are good for, too. Absolutely, I've said it time and time again. You can sit by yourself, meditate. You can reflect on the past. You can visualize the future. You can meditate, you can listen to some music, you can just listen to the birds outside, or you can go into a, a big cigar event like we did a week ago where there's a hundred people and you're having a great conversation at a party. Beautiful event, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. We Good appreciate job, you coming guys. out. Uh, Absolutely. Well, actually, now that you say it, this is the second time you came out a far distance for two men. Hey, now. Just saying. Say it again. Knock on wood. Say it again. <laughs> Just putting it out there. How you Knock doing? Knock on wood. You guys got me. You guys How got you me. You know, but actually the first time she came out, she left with a prize. So I yeah. did. I did leave with a prize. No, she did. She did. I no. was determined. Pause. That's Let's it. keep pause. Let's yeah. Keep PG here. Pause. pause. She was. You were. A fireball, like I just couldn't believe it. What, She's like, I'm gonna win this. Surprise! I'm winning it. Boop. Wanda and Karen. Like, and Karen's really? like, you know, the public that she is. She's just like, you know. Karen came in her beautiful blue dress. Yeah. Picked out my blue ticket from your blue box for the blueprint. For the blueprint. For the blueprint. There you and go. Which you I go. have sitting on top of my home door at home. Beautiful. Let that marinate. Let that marinate. And that I marinate. enjoyed it. By the way. It was a lovely smoke. Well, thank you, you very and much. And it was beautifully constructed. And I see that you guys put a lot of thought and time. And I could really Two appreciate years. that. Two thank years. And you. I, good for you. If thank you see you. me knocking, that just, you know, that's, good that's kind of my, yes, that's kind of my thing. Okay, I like that. As long as we don't hear a knock from the other side of the <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. That's good then. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the blueprints. We're here to talk about, I want to talk about sticks and I stones. I want to talk about Wanda, right? Yeah, so, Wanda, ahead. I want to ask you this. 
getting to know you a little bit more, who was Wanda in high school? Oh, here we go. Oh, because <laughs> I want to kind of hear where that's where a you good came. question. Yeah, thank you. I haven't been. I don't think I've ever been asked that. You come on to the a, burn down. You get asked. Okay, I'm with it. Questions. All right? I'm with it. That sounds well thought out. I can ask how you, how you started, right, but I want to ask you for, how you started in high school. Who were you in high school? Who was I in high school? I went to Art and Design High School. Okay. I, art and design. Art and design. You grew up in the boogie down, right? I grew in the Bronx. Up in the boogie down. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. Um, you know, I've always since I would say the sixth grade, um, I attended um arts and performing um yeah, schools which um dedicated their curriculum to art and performance. Okay. So um as I was groomed and you know um by one of my art teachers um I w- I got into art and design high school and I chose to study architecture. So okay. I was just going to ask what type of art were you a painter a sculptor or what a little bit of everything because artists are very versatile. All right, well that's why I went know, to architecture more of the the building more of the building okay. um I always love structures mm. which um, I actually want to ask you I don't mean to cut you off yeah, but go ahead. do you I, I've noticed that seen a lot of uh, of you know i'll be scrolling through instagram whenever and you see some of these pictures of the of or videos of just a mac just wonderfully beautiful uh architectural designs like like for instance you know um uh, like the cathedrals over in 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 spain or you see the duomo in italy or you see uh you know the Neuschwanstein Castle in Germany, and you see look these, at you, well versed. <laughs> you see these <laughs> German. Don't give them that much credit. You see these these beautiful, beautiful structures, and then you know they were built hundreds of years ago, and, and they're that, still standing. And they're still standing, right? But now, I'm looking at some of the buildings. I'm like, that doesn't look pretty. It's just straight line and straight over. I go, that doesn't look pretty. Well, do you do you see that? Like, what what happened? So the architecture. Capitalism. I think there you go. <laughs> you know? A lot of it. Well, there's a lot of. Well, you have to remember now we're in a different. Um, we're a different era where you have all these, you know, um, policies that are made. People are buying space, you know, airspace to build. Mm-hmm. And it's about efficiency. So mm-hmm. we we live in a society where things are about efficiency and cost effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I, w- I was like, I'm not, but that's, it's, it's more of, you know, I want to design something to be the most profitable as opposed to design something to look beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. And having, you know, not to say that there isn't that talent, the talent absolutely does still exist. It's just, you know, having the um, creative space to do so. Right. They're almost suffocated because of the, the growth of capitalism. It's like, I can't express this, this, uh, um, feeling I have, or I can't express my art, my artistic ability in this space because nobody's going to build it. You'd be like, "Oh, you want to build that thing? No, it costs too much. Yeah. Well, make ar- it cheaper." Well, you know, architecture <laughs> architects are creators who don't want to starve. They don't want to be starving mm. artists. So yeah, so that's a, but that's the so, problem. Is, you know, like you have this okay. idea, and then and then you go to the engineers, like, "No, we we make it cheaper," and you go, "But." I have to cut this. I can't put this. But this looks this. so sick. But this looks awesome. No, make it cheaper. No, make it cheaper. Make it cheaper. Absolutely. Cut the time in half. Cut the time. You're like, well, now, okay, just put up four walls and a roof. There, done. Uh, yeah. Like, what do you need me for then? Yeah. So you know, you have, you know, um, I do have a large um, appreciation for the much, you know, um, older architecture 
um, structures that, you know, we have grown to see and, you know, love. And also for the much, you know, ones that are fairly new, because you have to remember, I mean, there is a beauty in being able to build the structure and what it takes to do that. You know, it's no different than a cigar. Your cigar goes through about a hundred hands. Oh, easily, yeah. I mean, it to build the structure, it's just not the architect. You know, you have the electrician, you have the, you know, the iron workers, you have the plasterers, the painters, you have everyone. You know, it goes through thousands of hands just to get this one beautiful structure up, and you know, a lot of care and craftsmanship goes into it. Um, and even if it's not the most prettiest or it, it doesn't have the je ne sais quoi, you know, as the, the other structures that, you know, we've grown up seeing, um, to build something that has, you know, energy efficiency, to build something that, you know, you can place um, today's technology in it to be as effective and as efficient that it needs to be for the society we live in now, that's an art as well. Mm. That's a good point. It's a good point. It's a good point. You know, I just want to see more like cathedrals and stuff. I love. Well, you gotta, get, you gotta you travel. Gotta, you gotta get outside travel. New York City. I know. You I just, travel. I, when, you, when you get there and you see it, I'm like, God, this is. So, it almost brings <laughs> a tear to your eye. Like this is so beautiful. And then you come back to the United States, you're like, I mean, man, where's our architecture? I, mean, I think I think honestly, you're just I think you're just suffocated by New York. You know, there's, a, there's well, some, well, but if you want to see some great architecture, I mean, New York's got it right. No, like you they, look at really like Grand got. Central, you look at you know Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building, all those things look, look beautiful. But now, the, uh, what are those two apartment buildings they just built in? And it literally looks like two pencils just stick right out of the ground. Mike, work, come on, put a little flake, put a little something on, in there, on. right? Come on, <laughs> come on, man, come on, it's our dream. Come on. Um, but that's what I studied in um, to get back to who I was in high yeah. school. That's what I um, went to art and design for. Um, Wanda, at I, I started high school at 14 years old. Wanda, at 14 years old, was a Afro-Latina from the Bronx. Afro-Latina. And, you know, I grew up in the South Bronx. Um, you know, I wasn't, I come from humble beginnings, as a lot of us um, who grew up in my neighborhood did. Um, and, you know, I knew that I wanted more and how I wanted and the way that I was going to get more was um, I understood that I had to develop the skill that um, the good Lord had blessed me with. And um, I, by nature, was always very curious to see more than what my surroundings were. So, um, you know, I, you know, I was, I had to be tough by circumstance, sure. you know? Um, so Wanda was a very rough around the edges. And you say Afro-Latina. <laughs> what does Afro-Latina mean? Afro-Latina means that I am African and Latina descent. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, my mom um, is blue-eyed, fair-skinned, blonde hair. Um, so is my sister. My father is not. <laughs> so where, where where are your mother and your father from? My mom is Puerto Rican. Um, blonde hair, blue eyes from Puerto Rico? Blonde, Rican? yes, because she, you know, she has more Spaniard. Okay. Um, so, okay. you know, we want to get okay. into the whole historical. I don't. But, you know, with all the, you know, you know, um, the conquering and the colonization. Yes, so far and so part on. of the Spaniards that came over. As okay. we, yeah, exactly. And you know, um, and where was your dad from? My dad was also from Puerto Rico as well, but he had more African descent. Oh, ah, okay. Um, so he was, you know, um, 
he, you know, had more pigmentation in his skin. He's gorgeous, gorgeous man. Um, you know, so that's where the mix comes from. And Puerto Ricans, we're we're mixed. We're a mixture of so many beautiful things. It's like Manhattan. Well, there you go. We're the melt. We're the melting pot. It's a mixture of everybody. Um, but you know, it becomes very clearly evident that you stand out. Um, you know, I don't want to get in deep into the whole cultural background of the way that you know um certain puerto ricans are what they taught and how they raised as far as the way that they look at society how society looks at us but i found out very early on that you know um i was an afro-latina and um being coming from a mother who looks different than you and having a sibling who looks different than you um we do resemble each other but you know there are um differences that because I am not fair skin and green eyed or blue eye. I do have dark skin. So, you know, we was very, um, we were pointed out. They used to call us, um, La India and La Rubia. So La Rubia means, um, one who is fair skin and blonde. And La India, well, Indian. So, you know, they were always, I always had really long dark hair and, you know, um, darker skin than my fair skin sister and my mom. And so they would call us chocolate and vanilla. And we're just going to put that into perspective. <laughs> because when I'm around my... my, You just got to laugh at it. You just got to laugh. You just be like, I don't all right, whatever. It's no offense to it because, you know, um, it's, an, it's part of my identity. So when I... As growing up and I was around my other sisters... And I don't mean how sisters many, of blood. Many, I just have one just one? sister. Okay. But when I mean sisters, I mean my my um other women. Um, sisters from another mister. There you go. Oh, okay. It's one of those. And like brothers know, from another mother? Yeah. Oh, sisters from another mister. There wow. you go. Never heard, heard, I have not, man. <laughs> learn something every day, See, baby. learn something. Mark it so you don't, That's so cool. you don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Come on. I got I got one or two up my sleeve every once in a while. There you go. So when I'm around other women who are darker skin than I, they call me fair skin. So it's all in perspective. Mm. It's all how one was raised and grows up and the way yourself your your identity, self identity. But I am an Afro Latina and I'm very proud of it. Loud and proud. You, you know, should be. Um, absolutely. You should be. And you know, I've raised an Afro Latina um, woman, which is my eldest child, and I have three um, children, two boys and one girl. They're all adults now. Um, thank God. So, thank you. They're going to take over the family business at one point? Are they, do they smoke cigars? Well, are they old enough help. to smoke cigars? They are. My youngest is 21. Does he smoke? He does. Um, I, I, just, think I don't he's know why the one, I assumed he was a dude. He's the, one, <laughs> he's the one who is probably has the most interest in the continuous the continuing learning of the cigar culture um he's like mom's a mom's a badass she got her own cigar brand i'm gonna follow up on those i'm gonna follow those shoes however my daughter is you know we're very close and you know on the business side i am teaching her um i'm teaching her everything that i know and she has been by my side she actually does works she works events with me. She, you know, she's a she's just such a sharp young woman. And um And how old is she? She's 27. 27, okay. Yeah. And then the third one is And the my middle one is Justin. He is going to be 25. Yes. 
I like him already. <laughs> he does enjoy cigars too. Um, and, you know, he's more of an occasional, you know, smoker. And my youngest, who is Tyler, he's 21. And he has more of an interest in, you know, smoking and learning. I actually just sent him a box. He's, um, shout out to Tyler. He's in the Marines. Oh, well, thank um, you very much, yes. Tyler, for your service. Thank Appreciate you. your service, thank brother. You. Shout out we're to big, Tyler. Big That's my brother's name, so it's a good name, too. Oh, awesome. Thank Love you. It. Yes. So, you know, um, yeah, back to what I was saying, you know, just... Being an Afro-Latina, raising Afro-Latinos um, is something that I'm very proud of and I wanted them to be very proud of. And um, the way that they present themselves in the world and who they are and, um, you know, what they decide and choose and how they choose to move in this world. So everything that I'm learning, I, will, I, I want them to learn, um, but it's no pressure. Right, There's you're no- just teaching them. And I actually... Uh, it's great to hear the things that you, you know you said you're trying to teach your your daughter some of the business side of things you're trying to teach them of of segue into you know why we named our cigar the blueprint is the, the fact that everybody has a blueprint in their mind of who they are what they represent who they want to be and that's your that's your blueprint and when you're building like an architect right when well, you, you have a blueprint and this is how i build the house so if i want to build somebody uh, or build a life for myself i have to have a blueprint in my head and it sounds like you're teaching your kids the proper blueprint Absolutely. things that aren't necessarily taught in schools nowadays a lot of things Absolutely. that are taught in schools are you know just how to be a how to be a basically a, a lab rat right copy how, and paste you know copy and paste how to be one of the sheep that just follows the masses and just blah blah, blah 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 and this is what you do that's no that's not what you should be teaching so you've taken it on yourself to say no i'm going to teach them the things that i've learned as a business owner and the things that i've learned as an afro latina these are the things that i value these are the things that we value as Absolutely. a family this is what i'm going to teach you and then you, and then whatever the path that you want to go on is, that's this. These are the values that you take with you, and that's. I applaud you for that. Thank a lot you. Of, not a lot of people teach those things. They just teach you how to be, you know, a rat in the race. And absolutely. that's not what life is about. It absolutely isn't. And you know, I wasn't taught. You know, um, my, you know, there wasn't anyone to teach me, um, what you need. You learn or the hard should way. Learn. Oh, absolutely. School of hard knocks. Hard. School of oh, hard. Absolutely. I mean, you grew up, you know. Absolutely. In the book now, that's school of hard knocks, all right. I mm. absolutely learned the very hard way. Um, however, all those lessons are very important to me: the good, the bad, and the ugly, because it made me the person that I am now. Absolutely. Um, it made me the um, the super resilient woman that I am now, and everything that I have accomplished up to this point. So to be able to you know, um, give that to my children um, is was very important to me. And, you know, I'm just grateful at the end of the day that they are just good human beings. You know, and That's how all I've, you can ask for in this world. Absolutely. Just be a good human being. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Don't, don't be an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to you just did. say that. I was, at, you know, what's funny, Brandon? Because stop being a publicist, will you? Stop being a publicist <laughs> back there. You know, it's it's funny no, you said it because I, actually I was, gonna, was just going to say, Karen. Yes, I was. I, I was, was going to ask about the because I'm like, all right, so you know, you have you have these two buns. I'm like, are you thinking about naming some of the cigars after? So now I want to hear about this because you said that they're part of the the so, brand. So as my beautiful publicist Karen Kennedy has pointed out, and you know she. 
you know, I tend to um, get straight to the meat and potatoes of things. Like it, straight shooter, no <laughs> so chaser. So she, absolutely. Like As a, every New Yorker usually is. Straight shooter, no chaser. And, you know, she reminds me the the details of it. And she also, you know, um, shares the details with other people when I tend to forget. But, you know, the three axes, as she has pointed out, um, in sticks as a representation um, of mm. my three children. Uh, yes. So no more kids then, because I don't know if they add a fourth and stones. That and the three leap. Yeah. I see. I that love, ship has sailed. See? One of the thi- one of the things. It's all about Eric the fine I, details. Eric and I love a good story. We love the subtleties within a brand. Okay, and we love hearing about that. You know, sticks and stones, three X's, three kids, three leaves, three kids. We love hearing about and this stories means. Like that. And this represents the burst of light. So the what you see in the background behind the S's is essentially a burst of light energy. Mm. You know, like you know, the, the sun gives you energy. The you know, it's 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 something that we can't live without. Of course, right? And of you course, kn- you had to throw the signature in there. You know, there like you go. Of you course, gotta, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love I love hearing stories about. I mean. You know, one of if you look at our our label, uh, if you look very closely in the label, there's hidden words throughout the label, right? You know, there's hidden words like like impact and positivity and um, uh, resilience and diligence and all these things that we've kind of thrown in there that you don't really know uh, unless you look at it. But we love hearing stories like that. I love hearing like we had what's his name on um, from uh, we're from Miami, the guy with the pink and blue. Uh, Nick, Nick, uh, Nick from I forgot, I, El Mago Cigars. El Mago, thank you. And if you look at his label, you just no, notice the label. It's just a picture of a, of El Mago. a man and a woman behind a uh, and a building in the background. And we asked him, you know, he goes, "Oh, well, that's actually a picture, Nick Fusco, of my grandparents in front of the hotel that they opened when they came over from. Was he Cuban? Uh, I don't know if he was Cuban. His grandparents. I don't know if you remember the the apartment building that collapsed in Miami a few years ago. Mm-hmm. His grandparents lived in there, and they died from that. Oh, wow. That is so, so tragic. So he made a cigar brand after his grandparents' passing. In the pit, and his, they own a, a very famous hotel down there that's like from the 1950s. It's considered a historical landmark. It's like- I know which one you're talking about. It's bright pink. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's bright pink. Yeah. It's, it's an Instagram um, hit. Yeah. 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 And Instagram. then he put it on his label. And I'm like, and, and if you look at it, it's just you just think, all right, it's just another person like on the label. But then he tells you the story, and you go, wow, that's, that's a- Incredible stories. So we love hearing the little, you know, intricacies about. A That's brand. what builds a brand. Because again, if you were just absolutely, like, if you were just absolutely. look at this, if you just look at this. You go, oh, you know, sticks and stones, triple X. Like, okay, you won't even really know. Cute that. logo. Yeah, a cute logo. I like it. But then he said, oh, why is it three X's, three kids? Why are there three leaves on here? Oh, why is it? It's a burst of light. It's all these little things about that come behind the the actual. Absolutely, and the logo and the logo was a, a collaboration with um, a friend of mine who actually, you know, he. This is what he does. He is a you know a creator as well, and we collaborated on the logo. And you know he saw my vision, and you know together we was able to make you know bring it into fruition. So um, his name is you know Kendall Word, and I always like to give um, credit where credit is due because we don't do anything in this life or in this business on our own. You know, that is a great thing that you brought up because we talked about this on, I can't remember the episode. We talked about a lot of things, Justin. It was a while back. Um, 
that anybody that says they're self-made is full it's of full shit. It's full of Absolutely. shit. Absolutely. Because I, no matter... I don't 100%. care. 100%. Even, even if you are an only child and you have no family and you were poor and you built something to become a multimillionaire, you had help one way or another. It, maybe you didn't take an investment from people to build your brand, but you might have read a book somewhere. Absolutely. You might have gotten... Uh, inspiration from someone dropped a seed you might have even let's say you started a brand and you weren't really doing too well but then all of a sudden people started buying it you owe your success to the people that bought your product absolutely everybody that has made something of themselves did not they had help absolutely if they say they're self-made and did it on their own they're full of shit absolutely and that's why you know my first blend the first blend is me hinted and that's why it's dedicated to the people of this culture and all of our supporters as sticks and stones. And I make it my absolute mission to always give appreciation and show appreciation. Um, whether it's a post or, you know, I, I make a quick video and I always address everyone. Hola, mi gente. Right, that's what I, I see on every video. That's why I want the mi gente. <laughs> and, you it. know, because... When you say my people, it's personal. You know, it's, you know, when you're, you're saying that we are one. And for me, together is always stronger. And, you know, and, and it's like, I'm here with my beautiful publicist, but she's also my sister. Not my only my sister of the leave, but, you know. Sister from another mister. A sister Thank from you. another mister. Thank you, Eric. And, you know, and I also have <laughs> another sister. Um, You know, her, ha- her IG handle is called Vain Notice. And we've been friends. She's also an avid smoker. And her name is Veronica Nieves. And she's also a creator as well. And, you know, we both went to art and design. That's where we met. And um, she's been by my side since, like I said, we've been friends since 13 years old. And um, having strong ties, such as your sisters or your brothers, and, you know, good friends who become family. Um, I don't come from a strong family background. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, When I say family, it's my immediate. And um, so I've learned to um, create a family. And therefore, that gives you an appreciation of knowing it's just not you on this planet. It's just not you when you move. You move as a unit. And if you remain a unit, you can make you can move the needle that much further. Mm-hmm. And that's what the culture for me is about. And that's what the platform stands for is being stronger, um, giving a space for others to be able to share what they're growing. And that's how Sticks and Stones originally began. It began as a culture and lifestyle brand. How long ago I, did you, I'm sorry, how, yeah, long sure. ago, how long ago did you start Sticks and Stones? Um, Sticks and Stones started maybe almost two years ago. Okay. And now, then, where'd you go up with the name Sticks and Stones? Because like, there's the old adage, right? Sticks and Stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, that what was far from thought, to be honest. Was it? Okay, so it where, how did you come up with Sticks and Stones? Um, you know, Sticks and Stones, um, again, um, my friend Kendall Word, um, we were sitting in my living room in Manhattan, and we was thinking about coming up with a podcast. Um, because I, you know, um, he just encouraged me to... Um, I love talking to novice smokers 
And for me, I really truly enjoy if someone is interested in the culture and especially for women, because I think marketing is it's it always targets women into smoking sweet cigars, which I applaud any company who um, produces and manufactures sweet cigars. You found the niche that is great. However, I don't think that is something that um, should be directly marketed to women for first time smokers um, just because they are women and because it's sweet. We, yeah, I, I would agree with that because we always say, like, listen, sweet cigars, they're great for anybody, men or women. That If it gets you into, you know, if that's your the stepping stone that gets you into cigars, then great. But when we're talking about premium cigars and the cigar culture and the cigar community, we're not talking about flavored cigars, right? Like when we're sitting here, like these are not flavored cigars. Our no. cigars are not. They're flavorful. When when we're, when <laughs> you talk about actual <laughs> premium cigars and the art of smoking cigars, it's not flavored. There are no flavors Absolutely. that are infused into cigars. You do get flavors, but they're not infused. So it's kind of like that, you know, it's like a double-edged sword where you know you're you're saying on one side, I applaud you for coming out with a product that introduces people into cigars, and then maybe they graduate from that into the premium side. But then on the other side, I'm like, that's not really like what cigars are about. Yeah. Cigars are not meant to be injected with flavors, right? It's supposed to be a 100% tobacco, no outside flavors, and the experience of okay, I might pick up cinnamon, you might pick up licorice, and he might pick up leather all from the same cigar. And none of those flavors are infused into the cigar. Absolutely agree. I think what's most important, and as I, I was saying, um, what I do um, really enjoy is what, you know, you guys do it on your podcast. You teach. And I think... We try to as much as YouTube doesn't like us to. <laughs> you know, we try. It's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think what's really important is the educational aspect of it. You don't teach a child their ABCs starting with Z. Exactly. So, you know, it's a good point. It's it's important if you any novice smoker and because I am a woman and I do have a woman-owned brand, um, you know, you teach a novice smoker the correct foundation how to begin to smoke. Right. And the certain etiquettes. And, you know, when you when you have an infant, you don't it's it's drinking either infamil or the or the mother's milk. It doesn't drink quick, nest quick, whatever the, right, the right. thing is, you know. So for me, it's like teach a novice um, what tobacco is. Now, if they choose and decide once they understand their palate once they understand you know um the intricacy of tobacco and a great premium cigar and a, and a beautiful blend and if they decide they want to have a sweet cigar then at least they um had the proper education and they made a proper decision yeah. rather than saying oh here smoke this because you're a woman, it's sweet. I mean, it's just so yeah, cliche. The, the whole, yeah, the whole mark, the whole and and the whole marketing against <clears throat> like our flavor cigars are for women. That that's bullshit. Like I, I don't agree with that. I hundred okay. percent agree, and I'm looking like, right in the camera. You know, I agree. That's bullshit. Cigar, <laughs> cigar cigars are not meant for now. In you know, in the past, the culture 
of cigar smoking leaned more towards a, a, a male-dominated culture. Absolutely. Right? It still and now, is. And now, it still is. But now, in the last, I'd say, five, ten years, we've seen a lot of women mm-hmm. coming into the cigar into the cigar community. I see a lot of women Absolutely. at events that are smoking cigars. And I'm like, listen, you know, cigars, yes, it's male-dominated, but cigars are for everybody. It goes back to what we, what we talked about in the beginning of the episode. Cigars can be used for meditation. Cigars can be used for visualization, for reflection. Cigars can be used for community, for conversation. Camaraderie. Cigars can be used for celebration. Absolutely. All of these things. And that none of those have anything to are, are gender specific. None of them. It could be for men and women. Well, the concept of women smoking cigars is not new. So, um, you know, for people who don't know, it goes this goes back generations. I saw, you know, beautiful my beautiful elder women who smoke cigars before Look it was at, a uh, before Great, it was right? a thing. Who? Catherine the Great, you know why? Well, the oh, story okay. goes about why they actually have labels on cigars. Yeah, she didn't like to touch because them. she didn't yeah. like to touch them. She smoked cigars. Mm-hmm. Catherine the Great, I think it was of Russia, was it? Smoked cigars. Yeah, they don't the Russia. I think you're right. I think yeah. so. I, it's I, it could I could you know it could be a fake story, but. I, that's the, 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 the... It's okay. We could go with it. I guess the, it could be a myth. Who knows? <laughs> no, but that's that. the legend has it, right? That And perfect example. Woman of power smoked cigars. So it's not a new thing. And people like... Absolutely not. People like, or I should say men like women smoking cigars. Oh, I love them. When my wife smokes, oh. It's... it's anytime, oh. anytime we have a female on here, it always does the best. You know, it's just saying it's sexy, you know, it's sexy, it's sensual. It's, you know, to see to it's very confident in a woman smoking a cigar. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, because, you're like, you know what? I know. I know that this is a male dominated industry, but I don't and I'm still and I'm here. I'm still here. I'm smoking a stogie. Absolutely. And I think, you know, such as men such as yourself who give the space for women to be comfortable. I think that's the number one. I always hear. Um, the number one thing is women want to come into the spaces where they can smoke. They don't always necessarily feel comfortable because they feel a bit intimidated. Mm. And not because one may intimidate them, but because it is a male dominant um, space. So, you know, it, yeah, I guess it could even be the same as, you know, a male that wanted to go into the fashion industry that is dominated by women. You might feel the same intimidation because you're like, this is more of a... a a female dominated industry or for instance cooking cook cooking is a female dominated industry like if you have all you know, these cooking shows or about a male nurse or uh, nursing i a would female, say a male like nurse. dominated mm. nated even industry. though they get paid more right so. it, it's <laughs> it's you could feel that same intimidation like maybe you know maybe i'm kind of almost like i, I don't i'm hesitant to go into this this is really what i want to do but i'm hesitant because they shouldn't just go into it. Well, I think it's the labels that society places upon certain activities. And fuck with this. And is, fuck the labels. I'm I'm with that fuck as the well. Labels. Okay, you want to do something? Go do it. Okay, I don't if give a you shit what anybody else tells it, you. You want to do it? Go do exactly. it. Exactly. If you enjoy, it, and I think if you, you know, um, learn how to do it well, and you understand what it means, and you're fully engaged, and you're enjoying it, that's the number one thing for me enjoy enjoy it you know even if you don't your your knowledge if you're not your knowledge is not as broad as the next person that's fine but you know what you like no one has to tell you read a couple books yeah you can always you can always bone up on the knowledge a little bit 
This, this, I agree. You have a thing. You have access to any right piece in the palm of, of your information hand. that you want yes. in the palm of your hand. <laughs> if you're scared that you don't know enough about the, the the subject, Google it. YouTube it. YouTube it. Do some research. You you you'd be amazed how much knowledge you can acquire in one afternoon. Or just, just ask. You'd or be surprised ask. how many. Going you'd be surprised how many people enjoy sharing the knowledge oh, that they have. Goodness. We say that all the time. Is if yeah. you're if you're scared to go in, just go into the lounge and ask. Do you know how people the the people that work at the lounge are waiting? They're just sitting there waiting for somebody to come in and say, "Hey, can you recommend me a cigar?" It makes their 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 eyes will light up. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me show you what we have. We have this. We have that. They are they're begging for somebody to come. So in. we're talking about. Being in a male-dominated industry, right? Going back to who was Wanda. Wanda was in a very male-dominated industry as also being in law enforcement. This is true. So I want to hear a little bit about... Thank you to you as well for... for Former NYPD in the house. Both of my my brother-in-laws are are NYPD currently. So growing up, thank all of them them for, for, you know... Putting their lives on the line on a daily basis Absolutely. to protect us. So I, we thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate Growing it. up on the mean streets of Bro- uh, not Brooklyn, sorry, Brooklyn, Bronx. That was Karen. That was Karen. <laughs> Shout out to Crown Heights. Um, what made you want to get into law enforcement? What made you want to get into NYPD? Longevity. Longevity. And how long were you NYPD? Um, I was there for 16 years. I retired on disability. I got hurt on the job. So as they call it, um, the NYPD lottery, Uh, it didn't feel that it didn't feel feel like a lottery. I tell you that much. But when you sit back and you, like I said, everything's in perspective. Yeah. Um, well, God had different plans for you. He absolutely did. And I'm glad that I'm glad, um, for the several surgeries that I've had to endure and, um, you know, the injuries that I healed back with. But I'm here. I'm standing. I'm talking to these two handsome guys here. Hey, we, and- we always say, you know, <laughs> God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors. Thank you. Okay, I appreciate so- that. Absolutely. Um, but I like, why? I like this. I like this. Uh, you like the knock. I, I like the yeah. That's just like, that's just like, that's like, you know, <laughs> goddamn right. Yeah. yeah. That's Amen right. to that, right? Yeah. That's right. But, you know, I was a young mom and um, bride. And um, like I said, I come from humble beginnings. So, you know, I was on my own from an early age. Um, so I worked retail as a manager and I knew that wasn't it. And, you know, I decided to return back to college and finish my degree. Um, and I had a professor, um, my forensic science professor, who um, was just retired from the police department as a lieutenant. And, you know, he introduced me to the Cadet Corps program. And it's a program which is dedicated to college students who are thinking of a career in law enforcement. And it allows them to carry on their school schedule and also work and kind of, you know, um, get a hand, a administrative hands-on of what the police department is. Mm. Um, but when I came on, it it wasn't so much um, administrative. So a lot of hands um, on, a lot of hands on. <laughs> and, you know, the first house that I started at was the 41st precinct Fort Apache. Hello, everybody. Um, and I met a lot of great people. And there was a domestic violence sergeant there who um, I guess saw my potential or just saw um, that I was a diamond in the rough. 
And she said, yeah, I want you to come out in the streets with me. And probably she wasn't supposed to take me, but she did. She's, I'm sure she's retired now, so and I'm Precinct not naming 41, any names. where is that? Um, that's in Hunts Point. Okay. In the Bronx. And, you know, um, also at the time, you know, a pretty rough area as well. But you grew up in the streets there, so you're like, you know, sure, I can go on the street. I grew up, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't... a walk in a park for me. Now now I got a gun and a body armor, so I'm good now. It, you know, <laughs> it wasn't always a walk in the park because it's a different ball game. When you are a civilian you and you live in a certain environment, you walk as a civilian. When you are wearing that patch, um, regardless, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially... Almost- you target. have a you're almost a target at this you, point you know you have a spotlight on you yeah. and um but it was out of necessity it was something that i always admired as a kid i recall being um probably about six years old and going to the neighborhood um elementary school and there was this one cop you know back in that time you had the same police officer who did the, the same beat so there was one cop there and you know um uh, Caucasian gentleman. Uh, that's just about all I remember. I was a kid, but you know, you see this tall man dressed in the uniform, and I saw how he was with the community, and it was um, it was sort of an inspiration to me because he always was very caring towards the kids. Um, so that's that's how I got to know him. Um, and, you know, I guess his beat was around the school and I saw that he was helpful. So for me at that time, um, the interaction that I had was positive and I saw that someone was helpful. And um, so that always stood in my mind. Like I wanted to be someone that was helpful to the community that I grew up in mm. because I understood that the community that I grew up in needed help. So that was what stood in my mind. But again, I was a creative and I knew that um, I wanted to get out of um, the I, I didn't want to become a statistic. You know, I didn't want to become another Latina who was young, even though I kind of fell into that category. I was a young mom and young bride, which is OK, because, you know, I absolutely adore my kids. They were a part of making me who I am. Um, they actually saved me, you know, so um, you become part of who you become is part of your circumstances is how you grow up. So yeah, you're that a product of your environment. Sometimes you are. Yeah. You had said that in the earlier uh, you were saying that, you know, I was you know, in an area and I grew up in a rough neighborhood, but you wanted to expand your horizons. Right. Because. You can you can become a product of your environment, and if you're if you surround yourself with five, you know, criminals, you you're going to be the sixth criminal. Right? If you, f- you surround yourself with five millionaires, you'll be the sixth millionaire. And you had said that you know, this is where I, I grew up, but this isn't where I was going. I was going to broaden my horizons and make my environment much bigger. I wanted to get out. I wanted to see all of you know what the world had Absolutely. had to offer me, and then now make my decision where I want not be so. Uh, uh, constrained to just this small little circle. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. The majority of every neighborhood, and this is from my experience of um, being uh, an NYPD officer, is um, even in urban neighborhoods, the 95% of the neighborhood consists of good, hardworking people. Yes. 
you know, good, decent people. It's the five percent that make you the know? most noise, and all you see on, on every exactly. time you turn the news on, what do you see? The five percent. Because I don't want to. I don't want to take away. I've learned have a lot of beautiful lessons from people who come from the same neighborhood that I've come in, and who perhaps didn't have the kind of opportunities that um, I was able to obtain. Um, but I learned a lot from them. And one of one of the lessons that I learned was, you know, the resilience, be resilient, be resourceful. Also do better, you know, be better, you know, go for better. I may have not been able to do it, but what I have done can allow you to do that. So don't waste the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was out of necessity. Um, had I maintained my career path and being a manager i mean i was getting paid more being a manager than when i got on the police department to be honest with mm-hmm. you I um that. i was actually like 100 dollars under the poverty level when i got into that they made sure of that yeah. so you can't collect any kind of services so but i saw the long game um and for me it's always not about what's happening now that's the same mentality that i have with my cigar brand i can see the long game and I always work towards what the long game is. And um delaying I, the instant gratification. Absolutely. That's what it is. It's what it's about. Absolutely. Yeah. And um I had three kids and I wanted more for them. And I understood that this job was gonna provide that. We were not gonna get rich, but I was able to provide a house for my children, a different reality than which I had. I was That's able all you can ever ever want more right? is just for your kids. Provide a better life than you had. For your kids, I mean, to be that's, rich, any, to that's be what rich, any parent can can to be rich is very subjective. I mean, if you 100%. pay your if you pay your bills, if you have a roof over your head, if you can go on a vacation every year, your kids are okay. I mean, that's rich for most people. Well, they say that if you have Absolutely. if you have a roof over your head, a warm bed to you sleep are in, rich. and food on the table every night, you're richer than like eighty percent of the world. Yeah. I didn't grow up poor. I didn't know that we were. It was not until I was a certain age where I understood. Oh. <laughs> You know, we come from very humble beginnings because we never went without a roof over our head. We never went without food in our belly. We never went without clothes on our back. And that is to my single parent mother who bust her ass to provide those things. And then when you put it, like you said, you put it in perspective, right? You say, okay, you know, if you could, it's all, it's, this is why I always tell people, I said, stop comparing your life to somebody else's life okay because that's gonna there's always gonna be somebody who makes more money than you there's always gonna be somebody who's got a better house than you who drives a better car than you who has more food on the table who's got nicer clothes there's always gonna be somebody that is a step up from don't compare yourself to anybody count your blessings while you have because like i said like when you I got, said, she's in her own competition. Yeah. You Absolutely. got you got a roof over, like you said, you had come from humble beginnings, right? But you never went without a roof over your head, you never went without food. You go over to some of these countries, like go over some of these countries in Africa, go to these go to some of the places that are over like over in Asia somewhere. These people have nothing. Amen. Nothing. So right. if you have if you even have right now, the fact that we can sit here, have a cigar, have a conversation, we are in a warm, I mean Kind of warm. Karen, you warm? <laughs> it's kind okay. of, but all right. You know the fact that we can hey, do this right now. Hey, there's a pool outside these doors. So. We are extremely, yeah. no extremely blessed Absolutely. to be able to do this. Absolutely. And you know what? I, you know, I'm an avid um, traveler, and there are 
there are very rich and beautiful countries in Africa. And yes, you do have, you know, um, rural locations where people, you know, are not rich. They, you know, they are poor, they are suffering. Um, but, you know, I don't want people to think that, you know, um, I understand your point and you have a very great point. There are third world countries where, you know, you do have a large population of people who are poor. Um, so poor is and rich is very subjective mm-hmm. um, because, you know, here in the United States, you can be poor and still have cable. So how that works, I don't know, but it does. Lord, do yeah. I know that. <laughs> I definitely well, know it, that. It, you know, it brings up a, a point where I was I actually I had the privilege to go to Asia um, a few years back, maybe eight years back, maybe eight years back. I don't remember when but I had the privilege to go to Taiwan. And when I was in Taiwan, I was there for two weeks on business. And over the weekend, I had visited a village on the north coast of Taiwan. The village was called Jofen. Okay, it was like J I U F E N. And I walked around. They had beautiful temples, and they had some of these like like shops. And it was very. Um, it was a village on the side of a mountain. Not a, pencil buildings. A, a, a coastal village on the side of a mountain because it was very mountainous, and the mountain went down into the into the water, and they were like on the side of the mountain. And I remember watching, uh, walking down the street, and I saw this one kid. And the kid was, from from what I could see, didn't look like the kid had much. Okay, let's just put it that way. But the kid was out in the field, and he was chasing a butterfly around. And he was having the best time of his life chasing this butterfly. And I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, I go, there's people back, back home. So there's people that are sitting on Instagram. And complaining that they only got 10 likes on a post. Meanwhile, this kid over here is having exponentially more fun than you are sitting on at your on your ass on Instagram. And he's chasing an effing butterfly around. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's got no shoes on. He's got like a ripped shirt and he's just having a blast. And he's chasing this thing around. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, put it into perspective. Right? Absolutely. Put it into perspective. Rich is what whatever you whatever you make of it. If rich to you is I'm making whatever it is, let's say it's twenty thousand dollars a year, and I got a house, and I have clothes, and I have my friends and family, and I'm and I'm super and I'm happy. That's rich. That that's is rich. absolutely that's rich. rich for you. Okay, that, that is absolutely rich. I mean, you like you said, everything is all in perspective. You know, you can make a million dollars and you know spend five, and you're in great debt, and. <laughs> Yes. You can make $20,000. It's not about how much you make. Have, it's about how much you keep, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's how you choose to live your life. What does that mean to you? You know, what does rich mean to you? I mean, I can recall the day that, you know, I have $7 in my bank account. and But I am still somewhere across the world having a great time. Having yeah, a, I'll figure it out when I get Having back. a great... <laughs> I mean, and I'm not to... Yeah. And it's not to say, you know... You choose to live your life how you want to, but it it all is all in perspective. I've never gone without. I would never go without. And um, I have had a lot. I have had nothing. And then I've had a lot again and had nothing again. So it's just being able to put your what your goals are and what you want out of this life and to make it happen and what you feel is rich for me i may not have millions of dollars but i am surely a millionaire because i have 
beautiful friendships. I have beautiful family. I have been able to obtain goals that I have gone after. Um, I am now in a business where I didn't even dream of being in, but life circumstances put me there. And so I said, let's see where this road takes me. I knew when Sticks and Stones, you asked me a a, a bit ago where Sticks and Stones came from. We came up with the thought because it was supposed to be a podcast. And the life and cultural brand I was developing, um, the podcast was supposed to introduce the life and um, cultural, um, the culture of um, our cigar community to any cigar enthusiast who was interested in and just giving the, you know, the do's and the don'ts and right. what does Educating the, a little bit, yeah. Exactly. Um, but that seemed so limited to me. And I said, I... I wanted to um, think outside of the box. I'm an outside of the box kind of a person. And um, that peripheral um, glass ceiling, um, I don't particularly like it. I like to break through it. I've always like been. Like Willy Wonka, baby. I've always break been that Break through that way. glass ceiling. Absolutely. <laughs> so I said, where can I take this? What do I really want to do? What is my passion? I got into a career that I became passionate about. It started off as a necessity because I wanted to provide a different life for myself and my children. Then it became a passion. I enjoyed helping the community which I was working in. I enjoyed what I did and I was good at it. And it meant something to me. So this next chapter, it had to mean something to me. I couldn't just do, I know how to make money. I'm a survivor. I mean, I'm a Bronx girl, a Latina you Bronx said you girl. You had seven dollars in your bank account traveling. You're like, oh, I'll figure out a way. Yeah. You know, I'll figure it out. There's I, always a solution. Absolutely. I I know how to. You know, I know how to make money. Yeah. So this wasn't about just making money because honestly, when you first start your business, um, it's not about making money. It's not about all. making. You're money. gonna make. Zero, you're gonna lose. It's about making money. someone smile and hopefully they like. You're it. gonna lose and, money when you start. A and business. that is, and that is what's so rich to me when people come to me and they say, "I really enjoy your cigar. I really like." It's that interaction for me. I get such a thrill yes. out of it. Yeah. And just having this kind of interaction right here that we having, this is everything to me. So. Um, one day I hope to get rich from. <laughs> and you will. No, and <laughs> you, you know? both, definitely. And you will. And you will. And that's it's, it's wonderful to see. And people don't understand this. And I think it scares a lot of people. Is you just have to accept the fact that you're gonna suck at whatever it is that you try to do for the first time. You're gonna suck. And if you're starting a business, you're gonna lose money. Like it's a learning curve. It's it, our first episode was terrible. Absolutely atrocious. But you learn from it. But you learn from it and you figure out a way. Mm -hmm. As long as you're passionate about whatever it is, you'll figure out a way and you'll become successful. And success depends. It it doesn't mean a million dollars, right? I've talked about this on the show before is that I view life like a stool. Okay. Like this chair. There's four legs on this chair. Okay. Every each leg represents something in your life. One of the legs is finances. Okay. Finances. Let's take. Take it like finances are an important part of life. Okay? Absolutely. Another part is family. Okay, your family, your friends, right? Another part is your, uh, your 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 
Health, fitness. Health, your health and fitness, your physical being, right? And the other part is faith, okay? So there's four Fs, finances, family, fitness, and faith, okay? If you only have one of those legs strong, let's say you're a multimillionaire and your finances are strong, but the other three legs are shit, when you go to sit on that chair, you're going to fall over. Absolutely. Okay? If you have two of them that are strong and the other two are shit, when you sit on that chair, you're going to fall over. Even if you have three, as soon as you lean on that fourth one, you fall over. So life is not about having just one of those legs strong. Life's about having all four of those legs strong. So if you can find something that you, your finances are covered, you have great relationships with your family and friends, your physical health is good, and your faith, whether that be you know if you're religious or if it's just your mental state, once all four of those are strong, then you have a great life. Your life is rich. Absolutely. Mm. I agree. I agree. I mean, we all get into something we wanted to succeed when we put a lot of work into it. I mean, you guys put a lot of work into Blueprint. Um, myself and my team have put a lot of work into Sticks and Stones. It shows. This cigar is, Thank you. This cigar is great. This cigar I is appreciate great. The burn is so great. The draw is great. It's phenomenal. I wanted to ask this because you had touched upon it before about how you can clearly see the long-term vision of your brand so i wanted to ask what's coming next for sticks and stones let me get that lighter real quick sorry what's coming next for sticks and stones is to um continue to maintain the consistency and the quality of our blends Mm. and um to make sure that we're actually um back in production because um knock on wood we came out october 12th of this year and you know, um, our first go around of inventory is at its last leg. So, you know, we need to um, re-up. So it's just making sure we maintain the quality and the consistency of, you know, our cigars. Um, and we do have other blends that we are developing. And um, I just want to make sure that um, we grow. I don't want to be... Um, I essentially do enjoy being a small petite brand um i want to build on that i don't necessarily um see myself having 15 different sure. lens um i like control environments well yeah it's that's another part thing of my for, ocd for, for being for being i'm assuming that you're the only person behind it besides carrying your publicist but blending you're the only person no you're not. I, no, I am not. You're wrong. No, I am not, and I'm not. You know, I work with the the Lopez Gomez um factory, the Hoyt, <clears throat> excuse me, the Hoyto Tabacalario on um Santiago. That's um th- that's my manufacturer, and Juan, who is my master blender, absolutely. Um, we collaborate um with his skill and his over 45 years of experience in this industry has given me a blueprint. Hey. Wink, wink. There you go. Hey. Um, you but know, you're the only one that's, that's like pushing this. Like you're the owner. Oh the yeah. Brand. No, no, no. No one has my blends. Right. Absolutely. No. So, so my point is it's, it's almost impossible to keep the quality of 15, 20 different cigars when it's just you. It's like, it's, it's just me. I can't, I don't have, I don't have enough bandwidth no. to, to make sure that, 15 different cigars are, you, you know, you it's not want, like you have a team of 15 people helping you. Yeah. You know, anything that, listen, um, you don't have 15 different variation of the Big Mac, right? <laughs> you, <laughs> you have. Got, that's, that is true. a great point. You, you got, have, listen, 
Here's what it is. If they're big and tasty. This is it. Special sauce, right? Absolutely. And they both have special sauce. And I think that's what makes them unique is that Not the to be way, confused with the Big Mick. The way that's that they're curated and, you know, the um, special, you know, ingredient that is in there, um, it's something that many people don't do or have. And that's what makes it unique. So i much rather have um, a smaller amount of of blends that can continue to maintain its consistency in the quad high quality rather than 15 and then you know two drop off and you know it's that's yeah. that's not what we want to do we want we building a brand of quality 100 percent agree you need to have i'd rather have and I've, I've actually said this with with when it comes to people too is i'd rather have four quarters and 100 pennies when it comes to like my friendships. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather have four people that are good, quality, wholesome friends than having a hundred people that I can't Quality count over quantity. Exactly. So you'd rather have four or five blends that you know these are these are rock solid A plus blends mm. than fifteen B minus blends. Mm. Absolutely. And continue to improve on the ones that we do mm-hmm. have because there's always room for improvement. What's and that's it, another what's your fair ch- part about Putting your cigars together, putting the blends together, the process. Like, what's your favorite part about the process? I want to ask. I should say the collaboration, the collaboration. of great minds, mm. um, being able to work with people who've been in this industry, who who have taught me so much, um, who can share um, their knowledge with me, so that um, I can produce something that is of a great standard and high quality, and um, just being in the nitty gritty i don't know if you guys um have seen on my ig page but um out in september i was in dominican republic and you know i was in the factory and you know i learned how to roll um not to say that i'm a great roller but i learned the abcs um and be hands-on i'm a hands-on kind of person learning the um the steps to what it takes from the soil to, you know, the um, the planting of the seed and the harvesting and, you know, the curation and just all the meticulous um, steps that it takes to create this beautiful cigar. Consumable art. Huh? Absolutely. That is I my favorite. That is my absolute favorite part. When you went, like I said, my background is a creator. It's not the, f- it's not so much about the final product but it's about the um the stages that it took to create it's about the journey not the destination absolutely and you know just um you know going through that process of creating it then you can see all the work that you put in um what you um what you developed you know seeing the end result but the end result is great but it's the story behind it, mm. you know. So for me, that's the favorite part. For me, sitting down and um, speaking with, you know, and I call it, I, I, I say my team because it takes a team. Most definitely. So having people who've been in the industry, like I said, for over 45 years and they understand um, I'm not always um, the most eloquent with my words. I know what I want. I I can describe what I want. And sometimes, and Karen's like one of my best person. Um, I don't have to 
I don't have to um, break it down to her in so many words for her to understand. When you have people around you who understand your vision and understand what you want and you could tell them in just a few words what you're looking for and they get it mm -hmm. and then they can um, help you um, create that. For me, that's beautiful. So I am still at the infancy stage. I do understand what my palate is. I do understand what um, cigar, tobacco. Um, I understand what it what it takes to create that. However, I'm still learning. I'm still an infant in this industry. Mm. With all the knowledge that I do have, I am still an infant. So when I'm surrounded by people who have this type of knowledge and experience and they could understand me and um, they know that I know and they have that respect and they're, they're looking at me like, I got you. See, and, that, and it's funny it's a beautiful because thing. it's a beautiful thing when you can Absolutely. just, and that's what, that's what makes a master blender so, so impressive is you can just go to them. Like when we went with our blueprint, we went to them and said, listen, we want something that has a leather body. It has a little bit of coffee undertones and it's got a little touch of like chocolate, but we don't want sweet chocolate. We want like dark chocolate. And he goes, I got you. And he came up with a blend. And I go, the fact that you can. Oh, he was more like. Bla -bla -bla -bla. And I was like, Jonas, what's he saying? He's spoken Spanish. Like, right? and I can't, we were asking. Is like, he cursing me out or what's he saying? And when you go to these master blenders, you can even ask them that have been rolling for 20 plus years. They don't even know everything. Absolutely. Go, I've, been, go, I've been rolling for 20 plus years, been surrounded by tobacco, smoking 10 cigars a day, and I still don't know everything. And when someone can say that to you, I have the utmost respect for you. Mm -hmm. Because anyone who says, oh, yeah, I, I know it, I automatically know you're full of caca. Exactly. You know, and it, it is... And I think that we're forever students in this life. And I want to forever be a student in this industry. So that's why I said I much rather have a um, control amount of blends, mm -hmm. perfect that, and um, maintain the consistency and the quality of that and grow from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't get those, um, I don't know if you've ever done it, but those cigar sommelier oh. classes. Have oh. you ever seen those? I, I don't understand those because you, you take a three-day course or a 40-hour course in person or online and everyone puts in their bio. And now so, you're an uh, expert. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, come on. Shut up. You just paid $800 for, for what? For a piece of paper. Yeah. And listen, okay. you took the time to do it and you feel like that gives you more credibility or maybe other people will see you as being more credible that's great if that's what you want to do like i said bless your soul to anyone you, you do your thing you found mm -hmm. your niche that's what it is bless your soul for that me personally i i wouldn't do it because for me the um i'm a student and the teachers are those that have been teaching me and my experience like you said with the podcast you know, you have learned over time through mistakes. It's and, the only way you can learn. And that's the best teacher. You're going these this is over a year in the making. A lot of people were like, Oh, you you coming out with a a, a brand? What? I, I didn't know. I I've had people come up to me. I've sat down with you several times and you never mentioned it. And I'm like, this is a 
you know, some time in the making. Yeah, it's not like I snap my fingers and it's here. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's some time in the making because, you know, you want to, um, you put a lot of thought into it. These blends didn't come up overnight. I just didn't say this is what I'm looking for. My master blender came up with many blends. Mm. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. It's trial and error because the first one's not going to be what you want. And you know what? When I got my first blend, I said, this is going in the direction where I want it to go, but it's not there. Right. It's a starting point, And let's build on this. So exactly. So that's what it went. I, I smoked, listen, myself and my partner, um, Smoked a lot of cigars. <laughs> we smoked. Let me tell you something. We smoked a lot of cigars. Um, my also he's my also my partner in life, Hector. Hey, baby, how are you? Hector, shout out. And um, I couldn't ask for a better life partner. Um, and I say that because um, you know, like I said, I've been previous previously married, have my children, and now I'm in another phase in life, and I found someone who compliments me here in this stage in my life beautiful and he is as well a cigar smoker so he probably loves it. he's like oh my absolutely my baby's got a cigar <laughs> brand he's probably like oh lord and he's right there in it with me through the thick and the thin of it um and we went through a a lot of cigars and um more than you'd like to admit right <laughs> more than what i like to admit exactly we got because the thing is truly you smoked out you don't ever you know i've always told people this if you're trying a cigar you have to try the cigar at least twice okay because if you smoke if you pick up a cigar and you smoke it and you don't like it said so give it some time try it again and if you still don't like it then okay maybe the cigar is not for you but you might have picked up a bad roll or maybe it was something that you ate that day that didn't really blend well with this. So yes. every blend that you try, and now if you're coming out with a brand, every blend that you try, you're probably going to smoke it two, three times each. And then you have 20 different mm. – you're smoking like 60 cigars. Now, to, let me you ask know. you this. Now, being a couple that enjoys both cigars, I, I don't think I ever actually was able to ask somebody this, but – a male and a female that love that love cigars, right? I come home, my wife's like, "Oh, you got cigar breath." Do you guys kiss with cigar breath? How does how does that, what's that dynamic like? I gotta ask. We're, you know, I mean, what? he's been smoking longer than I have, and and what's, honestly, what? you said you've never met somebody who has a wife that smokes cigars. Have you met my wife? Okay. He said <laughs> she smokes I mean, she smokes cigars occasionally. Okay, I guess. No, yeah, okay. Like, no, avid let's put it avid cigar he's smoke. Like, right. what am I over I'm here? Like, Chop liver? Uh, like guess, what's happening? It, I talk to you every day. I wanna talk to her. <laughs> no, I, I get, her I get no, like, okay. a, like avid. Like you guys smoke frequently. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You smoke your smoke your blend your testing yes, cigars together for a day. Or right? at the end yeah. of the night you wanna get yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, be yeah. a little intimate, kill kiss, and no. kiss you goodnight. What's that like? Because you guys have the cigar. Well, let's practice um nice you know um oral hygiene here you know <laughs> a little mouthwash a little or... you know oral hy- no I-, I know where you're getting at um when you are two lovers of the leaf doesn't even matter doesn't matter hmm. i mean I- and i think that's you know how our relationship also built upon is because we again um, bringing people together one cigar at a time. That's it. And you know, well, I like it the way was that a- range. Bringing people together one cigar at a time. Damn, that's the T-shirt. And it was. You I, might know- to, I, might to, I might have to rebrand <laughs> the motto for the podcast. You know, that sounds pretty good, man. And it's um, 
you know, when you have that commonality, I think it goes with anything in a, in a couple with a couple, you know, when you have something, it's like, you know, um, a couple who love sports, you know, that's just something that brings you together mm. even more. Yeah. You connect on, on something you're both passionate about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's a good point. I, I just never, you know, I never, I, cause I've seen cigar couples. I'm always like, I wonder what's that. I mean, obviously I never asked you, but I've always been like, what's that like? You know, because for me, my wife doesn't smoke cigars. She's like, you know, you got cigar breath. You got to wait till tomorrow. I mean, you have cigar breath. I have cigar breath. We kiss. It's like negative. It's like it two negatives. You know what? You know what? You can kind of look at it like this. Like, what, what's coffee breath? Right? You ever have right. like stale coffee breath in the morning? You have to have yeah. two cups of coffee and you, you haven't brushed your teeth now. No, nope. stale coffee breath. Mercer, you know. Mercer drinks tea. She doesn't drink coffee. She's oh, like, good. did you smoke a cigar? I was like, no, I just drank a cup of coffee. <laughs> So that's uh, you know that makes more sense. Makes it's more like sense. it's uh, something you're both passionate two about. Two negatives, yeah. you know, make a positive, yeah. or they cancel each other out. One of those type of things that makes sense. So now, I'm glad I got the answer. There you go. So we're we're coming up on the end here. So this is where we want to give you the red carpet to plug away and let people know where they can find you, where where they can get your cigar. If you have a website, if you have any events coming up, if you have any new releases coming up, any events, anything. anything. The, the red carpet yours. We have a, um, our next event is on December 16th. It is at the IQ Cigar Lounge out in Pennsylvania. IQ Cigar Lounge is owned by Redbone Cigars. If you haven't tried them, I urge you to seek them out. Try it. They have really beautiful blends. Um, Q and his wife, um, Cordelia, is the owner of IQ Cigar Lounge. And they are, you know... Um, Where in Pennsylvania? It's in Stroudsburg. Oh, Stroudsburg. Okay. And it, you know, they are so gracious to um, invite us into the establishment and onto their platform for us to come in and share our sticks and stones with them and, you know, with all their patrons. So we'll be having a cut and light there on December 16th. We're also going to be having another event on January 6th. It's going to be called the Queen Soiree. Um, Male and female, of course, are all welcome, but it's an event where, you know, I would like to dedicate to all our sisters of the leaf. And that is in Havana Dream Cigar Lounge out in Queens. Yes, with Tony and his partner as well. And our cigars can be found there as well. Our cigars are also at Cigar City Club out in Atlanta. Miss Kim has three locations there. So she has um, Flavor Cigar. Um, that is the name of her um, her cigar brand. Um, actually, the company is called Flavor Cigars. Flavor. We're also in Harlem um, Continental Restaurant. Felix Perides, who is the previous owner of Harlem Cigar Room, which is my cigar home, which this idea and um, the journey began. Um, and, you know, he was the key point for me um, as a guide to help me come into the industry. And our cigars are also found at the um, Harlem Cigar at the um, Atlanta Continental um, Restaurant and Cigar Lounge out in Atlanta and also a Harlem Cigar Room out in Harlem. You can also find them find them in Moisey Cigar Lounge out in Riverdale in the Bronx, Maduro Cigars Riverdale. Lounge as well. Um, all beautiful establishments, great people. Um, there also could be found at Sunrise Cigar Shop. Shout out to CK. Yes. That's why I said it the way I did, because I know you guys know CK. CK is 
awesome CK wanted to carry our cigars before he even tried that he's been a supporter and a follower from the very beginning and has been a great appreciator of um, the process and um, big up to him he is you know greatly appreciated and we are at their shops as well um, if I'm forgetting anybody, sorry guys. Um, what's the website? Old people brain. And the website is stick stones with three X's S T O N E S cigars.com. And you can also find me on IG at S T I X X S T O N E S two, two, five on IG. I love it. Wanda, Wanda, thank, thank you for you. coming into the thank Burn you Down for Podcast me. This Studio, been a blast. all the way from Manhattan. Yes, and Karen from Brooklyn. Yes. So we appreciate the travels. Thank it's been you. a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you. And the cigar has been phenomenal the whole I way through. Yeah, thank the burn was great. Construction was great. Flavors I'm still are smoke. Great. I'm yeah. still smoking the robusto. So we've been doing it for an hour and a half. So perfect yeah, timing. Yeah, I just I just put mine down. I have a few puffs left, but uh, it's been uh, it's, it's been, been great, great to thank get you. to know you. We can't uh, can't wait to see what happens in the future. Thank you. And uh, we have a little bit of whiskey left. So I would like to I say, sip. Yep. Cheers and chin chin and salute. Thank you. Salute. Gracias, guys. Thank you.